Welcome to Get Paid for Your Pad, the definitive show on Airbnb hosting, featuring the best advice on how to maximize profits from your Airbnb listing, as well as real-life experiences from Airbnb hosts all over the world. Welcome. We are your hosts, Josefa Kapadia and Jasper Rivers. Get paid for your pad. 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. Today with Christina from Washington. Christina, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for inviting me. You're welcome. I'm just looking at your listing. A spacious English basement. What's an English basement? So um, in the eastern part of the United States, um, we have brownstones. They're called, they're actually townhouses, meaning houses that are joined on both sides. And when these houses were built in the late 1800s and early 1900s, they had apartments that were slightly below grade, so the windows are uh, smaller, and this where they were used as servants' quarters. Um, when people no longer had servants, um, they would uh, house students or they would rent them out for additional income. And so most of the houses, um, New York, Boston, Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, have quite a few of these houses that have what is called an English basement. Interesting. I didn't know that. Always good to learn something. And um, how long have you been renting out this English basement? How did I come up with the idea? Yeah, and how long have you been doing it? Oh, I've been doing it since January, and we're doing fabulously well. Okay, and how did you how did you hear about Airbnb? I had friends who were doing it. We purchased this property, and we initially looked at renting it. And then my in-laws, who live in Europe, wanted to visit. And so we needed flexibility. And so, of course, renting it to someone full-time was not an option. And we thought, well, why not? Um, it'd be fun. And also, we're very social. And we said, we'd love to meet people and talk to them and show them what this amazing city is about. Um, my husband was born in Cuba. I was born in Italy. We came to Washington, D.C. And uh, we want people to live our adopted city and love it the way we do. And so we thought this was a perfect match. Great. And how has it been going so far? Oh, really well. I mean, you get, you know, somebody, uh, we have some guests that weren't the best. One decided to doodle all over the dining table. But overall, they've been very respectful of the rules. And it's been great just meeting people from different parts of the United States. Okay, that's, that's great to hear. Did you find it easy to get started with Airbnb or did you, did you run in some, in some challenges? Um, I did a lot of research. I probably spent about two to three months just doing research. And that's how I found your website. And so I listened to your podcast, downloaded the book, and, um, and then I had a consultation with you and you guided me as to how to do it better. And some of the information you provided me, including keywords, immediately um, resulted in an increase in bookings. So I was like, this is it. Um, it totally works. 
Right. Oh, that's great to hear. I think you ordered the Fiverr gig, right? Was it the review service? That's correct. Okay. Very helpful. And that's that's interesting to know. Do you do you know what exactly it was that really helped increase the bookings? You're, you're saying it was some of the keywords. Was it your title or title? Focusing on, um, I think I was trying to appeal to everyone, and you said, "Know who you appeal to and what makes your home special." Well, we're a deal for couples because the bedrooms are on either side of the apartment, and we're also good for families. The neighborhood is family friendly. You, you guided me to um, highlight that and make sure that was a great feature. I'll be coming back to you for more help, but um, you also helped me understand how to establish myself in the market. Washington, D.C. is a fairly crowded market. And to um, it really helped. I could see the difference immediately. And actually, the minute I wrote, spacious and chic, ideal for families and couples, I could see the families and couples coming. That was nice. That's great. Yeah, I think that's a very crucial point when it comes to doing Airbnb in, in large cities. Because you, you want to appeal to a certain crowd. You want to appeal to a certain demographic. And it's, uh, it's definitely one of the most important things. And you know, it's interesting because when you run a business, you know, there's, there's two things that are really important, right? You got to know your unique selling point. You got to know the reason why people would buy from you versus from other people. Because if you don't know that, then you know, your business is pretty much doomed to fail. And then the second thing is you got to understand your clients. You got to understand your customer, right? You got to understand their needs. You got to understand the problem that you're trying to solve for them. And so when you apply that to Airbnb hosting, we as Airbnb hosts, we really have to ask ourselves, why would somebody stay our place? What makes, what makes our place stand out from all the other places out there? And also, you know, who, who is the best customer for us? Who is that person or that group of people that would just love our place for whatever reason? And once we figure that out, I think it becomes much easier to build your listing because then every time you have a question mark, every time you're wondering, what should I write here? What should I call this? Then you can refer back to, you know, who am I trying to sell this to and what's, what's my listing's best aspect? And then you can use that as a, as a guideline to guide you through the creation process of your listing. Does that make sense? It does. We are putting up photos of Cheerios uh, because we used to just say light breakfast items. And we found out that the families asked, so what exactly does that mean? And because we're hosting families, it translates into Cheerios, Fruit Loops, and then coffee for the adults. But we have to be very specific. Absolutely. And you've already had... 24, 24 reviews. So you must have hosted quite a lot of guests already since January. We have been almost full. Um, we average about 20 nights per month. That's pretty good. No complaints. <laughs> That's pretty good. Wow. That's really good. Just looking at your listing, uh, by the way, and uh, something that I'm working on a lot uh, recently is trying to figure out how to best make use of the photos of your listing. I need so, help. I, I used to think that the photos were meant to showcase the the property, right? To showcase the rooms, the all the different areas in the house, and maybe you know, a couple pictures of the neighborhood. 
But as I started talking more to other Airbnb hosts and I started looking at listings that were doing really well, I started realizing that um, you know you can actually use the pictures to create a complete visualization of what the experience that guests can have when they stay at your place versus just showing what the place looks like. I think there's a there's a difference between those two. Do you see where I'm getting at? I see it, but I need I'm gonna need help actually doing it. <laughs> okay, well, I'm actually looking at your listing right now and one thing I notice, and I see a lot of Airbnb hosts do this, and I, I did this myself, so I understand why. So when we think about our pictures, we sort of try to put them in a chronological order where we say, okay, you know, I want to start with the living room. So I'm going to show five pictures of the living room. Then I'm going to go to the bedroom. I'm going to show four pictures of the bedroom. Then I'm going to the, to the kitchen, show X amount of pictures of the kitchen. And that's how we order our pictures. That's how we create and arrange the pictures within the portfolio that we're showing. But if you think about, if you think of it from the perspective of the Airbnb user, right? Now we know that the time span of an internet user is very, very short. And so when somebody visits your listing, essentially what you want to do is you want to try to keep that person on, on your listing as long as possible because the, the longer the person stays on your listing, the greater the chance that that person is going to book your place. And so I started thinking about the pictures in a different way. I started thinking, well, the first picture is the first one that people will look at. Then they go to the second one, then the third one, then the fourth one. And at any point in time, there's a risk that you lose the, the viewer. And so I think that you should really look at all your pictures and rank them in terms of attractiveness and in terms of importance. And then try to show your best pictures first. Does that wow. make sense? Yes, and I, one question because this because this is an English basement, um, we have a, this amazing outdoor patio. The problem that we have is that the outdoor patio overlooks our own home, and so um, it's accessed through a very short pathway. I'd say no more than ten meters at most, which is landscaped. So the thing is, we used to put up the first photo of people just enjoying themselves in the outdoor patio because we thought that was a selling point. And then we had, maybe it was just one or two guests complaining that they thought that they were not, again, they don't understanding the term English basement. They thought they were getting the bungalow in the back. And I said, you know, that's the mother-in-law suite and it's not advertised. I know this is East Coast talk. That's the mother-in-law suite. You got the English basement, and we are very clear with the description. And they said, well, we didn't understand that. And so instead of giving us five stars, they gave us three stars for the description. And I said, okay, no more photos. Um, <laughs> so any advice on that? I mean, I don't want to mislead people. That's just how the yeah. house is. So, okay. So I'll say two things about that. First of all, I do think you want to showcase it because I do think it's a selling point. The guest are able to use the patio, right? And that's, a, that's a big selling point. Only theirs. My mother is never point. there. Right. So what I would do, first of all, I'm looking at the pictures right now, and I see they're in portrait mode. So they're vertical pictures. I would advise you to take horizontal landscape pictures because they're, they are displayed much better on the Airbnb website. 
So that's the first thing I'll say. And then the second thing is you can definitely showcase the patio, but you want to make sure that uh, that it's very clear to the guests that the house in the back that they're seeing, that that's not where they're going to be staying. So what I would suggest to you is that you write in the caption of the pictures where you're showing the patio, you should write something like note in capitalized, and then you say, please note that um, the patio is upstairs, whereas you're going to be staying in the basement, so you're not going to be staying in... You know, in the house that you that you see in the picture, this picture is purely meant to showcase the patio, right? So if you make that very clear, then I think I don't think you should have any problems. Got it. Would it help to also put in, um, I, I don't know, a floor plan of what the property is and how the patio relates to the apartment, and also floor plan of the apartment itself? Absol- is- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, that's that's definitely something that you can do. There's a a great tool to do this actually it's called uh, floorplanner.com www.floorplanner.com and you can create amazing 2d and 3d floor plans of of your your place and in your case i think it's very important to do this because when you're getting bad experiences when you're getting bad reviews it's almost always because of a miscommunication or the listing not not being completely accurate or even maybe the the listing is accurate, but the interpretation that the guest had when they were looking at the listing is different than it is in reality. So what's happening is there's an expectation that's being built and that expectation is not being fulfilled when the guests are having their experience, right? And so everything you can do to make your listing more accurate is, is a win because accuracy prevents disappointment. Absolutely. So I would totally uh, go ahead and add a floor plan and, you know, just do everything you can to make it completely clear to guests that the patio is, you know, it's not directly connected to the basement. And you could even think of taking a photo of the patio and put some text on the photo. So you you can use like a photo editing software. Maybe you can put an error and say like, hey, look, this is, you know, this is where you're going to be staying and this is why you're not going to be staying just to make sure that it's it's very very clear because you got to realize when somebody looks at the place looks at the pictures it's sometimes a little bit difficult to you know completely understand what's going on it's easy to you know to get the wrong idea uh when it's not uh completely clear so you gave me a great idea maybe i'll do google aerial as well and use the arrows so that i see a photo google photo google image that shows them where it is, um, and, and you know, one of those, uh, one of those bird's eye view images, and yeah. so they can see that. Thank you. That's a great idea. Yeah, you're welcome. And so, let's see. I'm, I'm uh, now that we're talking about your pictures, the first and the second and the third picture of your listing, uh, all three of those pictures show basically the same thing. They they show the living room with a couch. And so what I would do if I were you, going back to the point I was making earlier, that instead of sorting your pictures in a sort of a chronological order, I'm not sure how to, if chronologically is the right word, but, sure, I understand, but you know what I mean, right? And so yeah. instead I would say, you know, let's select the six most attractive pictures and let's make sure that every one of those pictures shows a different aspect of the apartment. So the first picture, for example, 
would show the living room. Then the second picture would showcase the bedroom. The third picture would be your, the best picture that you have of your kitchen. And then the fourth picture would be the best picture that you have of the patio. And then the fifth one would be the best picture that you have of the neighborhood. And so when guests will scroll through your listing, you know, they'll see within the first six pictures, they'll see almost every single aspect of your listing. So they already have a really good idea, you know, what it looks like. And I think that will increase the chance that somebody will stick around and decrease the chance that you lose somebody, you know, as they're scrolling through the pictures. Got it. Because, you know, the other thing that, uh, that Airbnb users do, they don't necessarily click through to your listing. Because in the search results, you can already browse through the pictures within the search results. And so I, I know this for myself, you know, because I, I just looked up some Airbnb places in, uh, in Panama, uh, which is where I'm going to be going in a few weeks. I'm right now I'm back in Amsterdam. And um, that's the way that I find my Airbnbs. I use the filters to select what I want. And then I literally just scroll through the first couple pictures of each listing to get an idea of what they look like. And then I select the ones that I'm going to get a, you know, take a look at in more detail. So if the first couple pictures show some, some really good aspects of your listing, then there's a much bigger chance that somebody will click through to your listing and eventually make the booking. Huh. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So I, I have a much clearer idea. And yeah, I've been looking at the pictures, including the orange umbrella, and that's got to go. I, I think it's the color wise, it's, I think it's a turnoff point. Maybe I'm just being picky, but I, I think it's not working for the rest of the house. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, now, I know that you're also planning to rent out one of the bedrooms in your in your home right because just just to be clear your your home consists of two units there's the basement and then there's the the apartment upstairs where you yes. live with your family that is correct we have two floors upstairs and uh it's about two thousand square feet so trying to think how much that is in meters but it's fairly large we have uh, 180 square meters and we have uh Upstairs, four bedrooms and two baths. So um, one of the guest bedrooms um, is fairly large. It accommodates a queen-size bed. Um, it has a TV. It has a closet. And then it has this reading nook where we have two large chairs and books and magazines. It's a nice place to relax. And then it's not ensuite, but it's literally next door to it. And it's a bathroom that is dedicated to just guests. And it remains closed when guests are not here. Um, we use it to accommodate my in-laws when they visit. And the rest of the time, well, the door's just closed. And so I said, well, the grandma and grandpa don't come as often as we like them to. And it's just sitting there. That can help us pay for some extras, a nice vacation, our daughter's uh, swimming lessons, um, part of her tuition bill since she attends a private school, you know, that kind of thing. And so that's how the idea came about. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it makes sense to use, uh, make good use of the space that we have since, you know, there's a limited amount of space, so we might as well use it. But that's where kind of my questions go, um, because as an idea, I thought it was great. Um, we're very social, very convivial. So I thought, sure, someone 
is a loner and just wants the room, sure. But I sort of pictured, and maybe I'm wrong, um, our home is filled with antiques. Um, I like to think we're very interesting people. My husband is an architect. Um, his family lives in Spain. He was born in Cuba. I'm Italian. So, you know, we have like points to talk to people. And I said, wow, um, if someone offered us a room in another city and they had that background, heck, forget about the basement. You know, I want to stay with them because I want to learn about their city from their point of view. But maybe I'm wrong. Um, and of course, it's much cheaper than an impersonal hotel. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. And I think this is what Airbnb was started for. You know, Airbnb was all about sharing a space with other people, connecting with other people from all around the world. And so I totally think that uh, it's a great idea to do this, and especially if you enjoy if you enjoy being social with people and if you enjoy meeting new people, then uh, then this is a, this is a great idea. Absolutely. So you know, there's a few differences I think uh, when it comes to renting out a room in the area that you live and sharing the space with your guests, as opposed to renting out a separate unit. Now I. I personally have never rented out a room in in my own house, so I've never actually shared a space with uh, with my guests. But I have definitely been on in in the other uh, situation. So I've I've been a guest in somebody else's house multiple times, and I've also spoken to a lot of Airbnb hosts who ha- who have been sharing with uh, with their with their guests. So uh, I think uh, I can definitely comment on some of the things that I think you should uh, should be aware of. So the number one challenge that I've heard from other, pe- other Airbnb hosts and what I've experienced myself as a guest as well is that it has to be very clear uh, what the guests are allowed to use and what is expected from them. Also, when it comes to the interaction with the host, if, if that makes sense. Yes. And that was one of my concerns. Um, I have fine china and fine crystal. And I, the one question is, I, is it okay to let them know, look, I have nice dishes separated for guests, but you know, nobody except me, not even my family members can touch my china. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's, that's totally, uh, totally okay to say that. I think everybody will understand that. But again, the most important thing is to be very clear about it, to set the right expectations. Great, great. Okay. And uh, another thing that is very important, I think, when you're sharing with a guest, it's very important, I think, to let them know what sort of interaction they can expect. So you're saying you're a very sociable person, you know, maybe you want to have dinner with your guests, maybe you want to take them around the town. Uh, or, or maybe you don't want to do that, right? It, it depends on, uh, on what, what you want. But I think it's really uh, important to clearly let them know about what to expect. Okay. Yeah, and that, that was a question because, um, again, I, I know what I like, but I, I don't know um, enough about what people may be interested in. You know, definitely, um, we both, we all have full-time jobs, but Friday and Saturday, they want to hang out with us and have a meal with us and they be part of the family absolutely you know they want to come out in the morning and have coffee um there are always light breakfast items available and just enjoy an espresso with us 
Absolutely. And if they don't, that's just as good. Right. Awesome. So I would totally go ahead and write whatever you just, what you just said. I would just put that in your description right? or put that on your profile. I think the profile also becomes more important when you're sharing your space with your guests because, you know, people will will really want to know like what kind of person they're going to be staying with if they're going to share a space with somebody, right? If, if you're going to stay with somebody, if you're renting somebody's apartment and then you're not, you're only going to see that person during check-in, then, you know, you're not so much concerned as to what this person is like and what his interests are and, and all that kind of stuff. But if you're actually staying with somebody and sharing the space, now actually that becomes part of the experience, right? You become part of the experience. And so I think it's really important to expand your profile, like write a lot about yourself, write a lot about your family, uh, write what your interests are, write about how you like to interact with people because the more you tell about yourself the better the fit that your guests will be because you know i'm sure there are guests uh who want to have their privacy they they want to just keep to themselves they're not looking for interaction those guests are definitely there but if you are a very sociable person and you like to interact with your guests then if you make that very clear in your profile then you're also going to attract the guests that enjoy that so it's uh-huh. kind of the same thing, right? It's it's kind of the same thing as um, know what your target audience is and know what your uh, what your what you're offering. Yeah, we have also a dog and two cats, and so um, everybody's friendly. But you know, I can tell you, my husband and I were in New Orleans a few years back, and we actually ended up in an Airbnb uh, where we could borrow the cat. Um, because I missed our cat so much that that was a resident cat and it's the cat for hire. You could, you know, whoever came in first and the cat liked you and wanted to spend time with you. Well, great. Um, some people are turned off by that, but I, I'm being clear. Look, there are cats on the property and that's kind of like, but that was me. I want, I'm kind of trying to get an idea with that, like going to turn off people that we have pets on the property. Well, that's, you know, you can turn it into your strength by pointing it out, pointing out that your your pets are really cool pets, your dog is an awesome dog, your cat's really friendly, because then that becomes a, a selling point, essentially, because there's there's plenty of other people who are like you, who, who really enjoy the company of a, of a pet, and maybe they don't have the chance to have a, a dog at home. You know, for, for example, myself, I love dogs, but... Since I'm always traveling, it's pretty much impossible for me to have a dog, right? So when I'm staying oh, yeah. somewhere and they have a dog, I love it. You know, I would that would be a a huge uh, plus for me. It would be a huge pro. So I think you can definitely turn that into a selling point. But again, it's very important to point that out. So I would write it clearly in my description in your description that um, that you have the pets and that the guests are welcome to interact with the pets and they're welcome to you know, take the dog out for a walk or whatever it may be. Love that idea. So um, one question I had was, and again, I, I've been reading about it and thinking it through, but sometimes it's never enough. And so in terms of I'm screening them, um, they have to have had positive reviews in, in order to stay in our home. I'm increasing the security deposit. Um, what else can I do? 
Well, I, I mean, there are locks everywhere, like in the bedroom doors, you know, what else? You mean, what else can you do in order to... Safeguard, our security, God forbid, anything could go wrong? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think when you're opening up your home, there's you know, you're, there's always going to be a certain risk that the guest is not going to behave the way you expect them to behave. Uh, I think it's very rare that there's like serious things going on, but uh, I think the things that you can do, and you've already mentioned a few, you know, if somebody has a positive review, that's a big sign, right, that the person is uh, is is fine. Um, another thing you can do is you can have a little bit of a conversation before you accept the booking. So let's say you get an inquiry and you see the person has a few reviews. You could ask them some questions over the messaging system before you approve the booking. You could say like, hey, you know, uh, what are you looking to do in Washington? What do you enjoy? Like, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. And, and that way you can get a little bit of a sense of who this person is. And I think uh, I think somebody who's who's really looking to you know misuse the Airbnb system and and cause trouble, that person's probably not going to go through the you know the trouble of writing a very extensive profile or you know sending a lot of messages over over the messaging system. You could also look at how people communicate using that messaging system. Are people very polite? Do they is there you know do they write? nice polite messages or are they very short and sort of abrupt um are they very responsive do they respond very quickly or does it take like a day for them to respond and these are things that i think can sort of tell a lot about the person uh-huh okay that's good thank you and then i think the rest will just come from experience yeah, once you've hosted a few guests, you know you're you're probably at some point gonna run into some small challenge because of you know there's always there can always be mis miscommunications, misinterpretations, etc. But uh, I think if you if you do it this way, uh, you know this should be anything serious. I think. Right. Yes, and I mean maybe it's not something that we'll do all the time. Um, you know, this is grandma and grandpa's room, but. You know, it's a nice way to make a few extra dollars here and there. And uh, why not? It's there. Absolutely. I would say go for it. Now, and, you know, this, maybe, sorry, maybe we'll, we'll have you back on the, on the podcast uh, in a couple months and see how it goes. Oh, I'd love that. Um, now, let me ask you, how would it go? How do we go about pricing it? Now, I've done the comps, meaning I've looked in our neighborhood and seen who... Uh, is doing this sort of thing, compare their amenities to the amenities we plan to offer. And that's how I've come up with pricing. But is there anything else? I mean, the reality is we're not only selling the room and we're selling the fact that you're staying in a house that has antiques dating back to the 19th century, you know, um, that has artwork. I mean, that's got to count for something. It's got a beautiful garden that guests can enjoy, you know. Does that factor into the equation at all? I mean, it's not. I'm not selling myself, but I think my home is very nice, and mm -hmm. you know, you're getting definitely a, a four or five uh, star experience. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely that should be reflected in the price. And so again, you know, I would I would make it very clear in the description that the guest is getting much more than just a room to stay in, because if the guest doesn't know that, then the guest is probably not willing to pay for it. You're not going to pay for something that you're not aware of. 
great, good point. Yeah. So I uh, I would definitely incorporate that in the price, and and then you know when you're starting out with a listing, it's always a bit of a trial and error process, right? Uh, you pick a price, and I always advise people to to sort of like aim for the lower end uh, when they're just starting out because you want to get a couple of reviews in uh, before you can uh, you can up the price because you want to get a little bit of momentum and and reputation. Now you already have a lot of reviews for your other listings, so. You know, it's it's in your case when you're starting your second listing, it's not as important. But still, I do think that Airbnb users are a little bit reluctant to book a place that has zero or you know just one or two reviews. So um, I would say uh, aim a little bit lower than on the lower end of of the range that you think is uh, is reasonable. And then as you get more guests, you uh, you can up the price a little bit, but you also have to look at demand. I mean, when you're renting out a, a, a complete unit, a separate unit, and you don't really have any interaction with the guests, my thoughts on that are that, you know, that's that's really a business, right? Then you, would, you really want to optimize for maximum income. But when you're sharing your space with your guests, it becomes a little bit different because it's now it's not just about the money, right? Now it's also about, you know, how many times do you... Do you want to have guests? Maybe sometimes you just want to have the place to yourself. Um, you know, you now you also want to. You might not want to sell it too cheaply because you know you want to attract a certain crowd. Maybe you want to attract a crowd that you know that's willing to pay a little bit more for having the experience in this in this antique house as you're describing. So it's not just a. It, it doesn't become a mathematical problem to solve. Whereas you know, as, as compared to. Um, when you're really doing it as a business. So, you know, you got to ask yourself, what am I comfortable with charging? What do I, you know, what's sort of like your minimum that you want to receive? And then I would start sort of with that. And then over time, I would I would increase it and see how that affects demand and see how that affects the type of people that uh, are booking your place. Very good. Something just occurred to me that I wanted to run by you. We currently have a queen-size bed in there, but I was thinking of putting a comfortable sofa bed um, just because it makes it makes the room bigger. But then I started thinking that maybe guests wouldn't like it because it doesn't look like a real bed. Any thoughts on that? I would always go for the, a real bed versus a sofa bed. Aha. Uh-huh. Because in the end of the day, you know, guests are going to spend most of their time when they're inside, they're going to be sleeping, right? Because when you when you visit an area, when you go on a trip, you know, you're not going to sit inside all day, right? You want to go out, you want to see places. And so I think that the uh, getting a good night of sleep, especially if you've traveled a long time to get uh, to, get to your destination, you know, you, the com- a comfortable bed is very, very important. It's probably one of the most important parts, actually. How about a Murphy bed? What is a Murphy bed? It's one of those beds that comes down from the wall. So it's a full-size bed, but you pull it down from the wall when you use it, and it goes back up when you don't use it. So Yeah, it's- yeah I think that could, be, uh, that could be an interesting option. I'm just not sure. I'm thinking about the perception. It's all about the perception of how comfortable the bed is going to be, the perception of the person who's looking at your listing, right? So if you have a Murphy bed that is extremely comfortable, that's just as comfortable as a normal bed, uh, then you know you, you could give that a try. 
it's hard to, to predict how people would react to that. Um, I, I personally... Stick yeah. to the bed. I, I would probably stick to the bed because if I think for myself, you know, when I look at listings, you know, having a comfortable bed is just my number one priority. Then no more questions and we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, you could you could experiment with it. If you have one, then I guess you could try it for a few months and see what happens. Yeah, we have a day bed um, downstairs, which is a very large... It, it's, it's a bed that could double as a sofa, but it really looks like a bed. And even then, that's like uh, sleeping number six. So it's not a big deal, but people have asked. And they said, well, you know, good thing is not one of the main beds. And that's why I wanted to ask you, because I, in the back of my mind, I thought just having a real bed would be best. Yeah, I think so too, because, you know, the more I think about it, the more I would go for the the real bed because you know what even if even if I was staying in a small room and uh, I would be able to fold up the bed I probably wouldn't even do it because I'm yeah it's just a it's just a hassle for me as well I'm not going to spend much time in the room anyway the room is there to sleep you know I don't know what else I'm going to do in there excellent point I want to go outside I want to you know especially if you're if you have a you have a nice patio you have a living room that the guests can use as well then I, you know, I don't think the guests are going to be in their room other than when they're sleeping. So yeah, I would definitely go for the, for the real bed and just make it as comfortable, the sleeping arrangements as comfortable as possible. We will do that. We're working on it and it looks, it's, uh, we're working on, again, it sleeps grandma and grandpa. So we'll make sure it's just as good, if not better than what they've gotten. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm very curious to, to hear how things will go in the next few months. Uh, I would definitely love to have you back on the podcast in a, in a couple of months' time. But I think for now, uh, we've been talking for uh, almost 40 minutes, so we got to finish up this episode. So, uh, Christina, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been a really interesting chat. I've learned something. I now know what an English basement is. So I really appreciate that. Well, thank you so much. And again, you've got loyal following here in Washington, D.C. Thank you so very much. You're very welcome. And for everybody listening, of course, next week, there is another episode of Get Paid for Your Pad. And I want to quickly mention that I've been doing these video reviews. I don't know if you've seen my YouTube channel. It's called Airbnb Hosting Tips. And, you know, we've got a lot of videos up there. We've got a lot of... Uh, a lot of advice, a lot of tips. But uh, one thing in particular I've been doing is I would review somebody's listing and I would record it and then I publish it on, on my YouTube channel. So there's two things, I guess. First of all, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and take a look. Um, and secondly, if you want your listing to be reviewed, then I'm more than happy to do that. If you're okay with me recording it and editing it to my YouTube channel, and also I'll edit as a lecturer to my Airbnb hosting course on Udemy. And if you're okay with that, then I'm, uh, I'm more than happy to do a review of your listing and see if you can make some improvements. And well, I'm pretty sure you can make some improvements because so far I haven't seen a listing yet that's perfect. So I'm sure I'll be able to uh, to point out some improvements anyway that's uh, that's it for today and uh, i'll be back next week so thank you for listening and i'll see you next week Get
paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get paid for your pet. Get 